Cool, good morning. Great to be here. Thank you so much for uh, your time and your uh, welcome today and uh, your patience with my kids who I think have destroyed your hall next door. Uh, but it's great. Uh, I was, it was a pleasure to be here at the, the 9.30. I, I spoke for about 20 minutes. Matt said you can speak for longer in this service. So I hope you have had your nap. I hope you have had, eaten because we're in here for the long haul. We'll be here till mid-afternoon probably. Um, no, no, <laughs> I won't. So maybe but 20, 20, 20 minutes tops. But uh, my name's Ali and uh, myself, my wife Karen, uh, we, uh, we actually live up in Gateshead, uh, the northernmost regions of the diocese. And uh, so thanks for introducing me as the guy from the diocese. It all, I always get kind of icky, you know, from the diocese. It feels like the Spanish Inquisition or something like that. But it's, uh, I just, I, 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 I kind of feel like I'm a, I'm a church builder. Uh, that's my heart. Uh, I, I just want to build the kingdom of God. I want to build a church that, that honors him, that reflects him, that uh, reaches our communities, that reaches people who need uh, to know his love and to know his truth. Um, that's why I'm here. Is my, my role is a church planting project manager. Uh, I've been doing it just over a year now. Uh, myself and my wife, we've moved, well, we've moved all over the place. I actually was born in the Northeast. My parents uh, are Anglican ministers. They were uh, actually one of the first uh, couples to be ordained together uh, in the UK, and they uh, uh, ministered at a church in West Pelton, which is a small village just outside of Stanley, uh, up in up in near Consett, that kind of area. And uh, so I was brought up in, in the Church of England, uh, went to university, backslid into the free church, and uh, just kind of got involved, forgive me, uh, I found my, my real home now though, don't worry, I'm back in the kingdom of God. Um, but we, we uh, got involved in a church in Sheffield, uh, just a brilliant church in the city centre, and just involved in doing all sorts of work with schools and students and that kind of thing, until about... I get my time in. My memory is awful. Thank you, but uh, four years ago, uh, we were asked to uh, go and take on a church in Ghana, in Accra, the capital of Ghana, uh, where we uh, got involved in the church. We started working with the local people to invest in them and raise up leaders in that church. By the grace of God, the church grew and we planted out into another area of the city. And uh, just a year ago, we, we left that church with some local leaders who had just uh, pleasure to say just taking it from strength to strength and seeing amazing things happen over there move back to the northeast back to my parents house which isn't ideal <laughs> not the dream uh, and it certainly wasn't the dream for them uh, four kids moving back into the house but uh, we're just so grateful to God and then I've got this job which uh, for me is just a, an absolute privilege uh, to be able to work with churches around the diocese just to not, not certainly not to tell anyone what to do, but to help resource and partner and equip churches to do very much what you've already been doing, uh, and uh, work really closely with Paul Arnold over in uh, at St Paul's. Karen laughs. Is everyone called Paul in diocese? St Paul's Church. Paul Arnold. The area dean is Paul Neville. It just feels like everyone's a Paul. Um, but we uh, just amazing what those guys are doing there, and obviously over at SPC as well. And um, I was on. I actually I knew Alan Farish really well. I, I taught his son how to play the drums, and uh, and now what Mark Miller's doing there is just uh, phenomenal to see. And so, but that's all your heritage. Uh, that, that's come from what God has been doing in this community. Uh, it comes from your faith. 
It comes from you taking risks. It comes from your desire to reach out beyond the current four walls of this building and to reach those communities that need to know the love of Jesus. And and that's my heart is when we talk about we talk about church planting, but we're church planting carries so many connotations and so much baggage. But really, what we're doing is we're we're planting new Christian communities uh, that are reaching the 99% of people that are not currently in church. What we're not doing is we're not trying to make church more convenient for the 1% that already attend, which I think is what some people do. Oh, we've got quite a lot of people in that area. We probably should plant a church there. No, no, no. The, the whole context of this is uh, we want to plant, as they did in Acts, new Christian communities that, that reach those people that don't yet know Jesus. That's the whole point. Uh, and I passionately believe in planting. I know Matt's got a plan to plant three churches every year. We're going to just, we're just going <laughs> to, he slow down there, man. <laughs> I'm barely exaggerating. Uh, I, but I do say, I openly say to churches, I believe every church should be planting at least once every five years. Every church, without exception. Simply because the, the longer a church is in existence, the, the more the arrows tend to lean in. Uh, the more the arrows tend to point into maintenance rather than out towards pioneering. The, the more the church grows, the more things need to establish and ministries need to be built and care structures need to be put. And this is all good. It's all right. But if we're not careful, we can start to assume a maintenance mentality, whereas that was never what Jesus called us to. He never called us to maintain an institution. He called us onto a journey. He called us onto the road. He called us out into our communities. And, and every uh, thing that Jesus did in terms of discipleship was in the context of a journey. And that's why we, discipleship makes no sense unless we're journeying somewhere, unless we're moving somewhere. So I believe the best context for discipleship to happen is, is in the planting process, is reaching out, is to in the going, not in, in inviting people to come and, and hear, but to go and speak, and, and, and be part of people's lives, people's journeys. And those churches, they can look like a whole variety of things. We've got a whole load of stuff going on right now. Our, our goal as a diocese um, is uh, to have 100 new Christian communities in the next eight years. Uh, that's our goal. We've got seven launching this year, which we're really excited about. And, and they can look dramatically different. Uh, some of them, we've got uh, guys over in Darlington that have new estates. And uh, what's happened in Darlington is that the old parish church is here and the, the city, the town has kind of grown out like this. And so the church finds itself in the corner and all these new estates currently unable to reach. And so we're looking at what we call missional communities, which are uh, people who gather in maybe a home. Uh, if you've got a home that can seat around eight to ten people, well, we could start a, church, a new Christian community in that place. And and they meet in homes, they worship, pray together with the oversight of the, the, the local clergy, but they can worship and pray together and reach out and, and embody Jesus in that community. We've got a lady over in Hartlepool who uh, is from the more liberal Catholic tradition, who uh, just a beautiful lady, the most quirky, like her house is like unbelievable. It's like a museum and of, of the hippie era. It's awesome. <laughs> 
Um, but she's just just a beautiful lady. But she's uh, she realizes she has almost a hundred. I don't know, like a hundred baptisms a week coming through that church. And and she's like, but these people never stick. They never stay. They they love the baptism classes. And they love the the kind of the the close intimate feel. But the step into church is just too big. They never make that connection. So she's looking at setting up a, a new service that is cafe style that that shares this discussion. That's worship and there's just a, a little inspirational thought for life but just a connection point i'm sure you know about mark and emily and winyard who have planted into a school there and just doing great things had over 200 people come along to their launch event and now regularly seeing around 50 people in attendance young families mainly unchurched uh, we've got people up in uh, in in the north in, in gateshead who are looking at pub church how do we do church in a pub what does that look like? And, and can we create a network of pub communities? Anyone else interested in? No, you're too holy. Okay. There's all sorts. Of, a church can be all things to all people. Uh, and we've got to become all things to all people in order to reach all people. We can't. Einstein said this. He said the definition of madness is doing the same thing and expecting different results. It's a definition of madness. It is to keep doing the same things that we've done for the last, I don't know, Church of England, a thousand years. <laughs> it is we sing, we sing the songs and we, we speak the words that were part of what God was doing 600 years ago. Uh, and we think maybe somehow that will speak to where we're at now. But the trouble is so often we're, we're speaking a language people don't understand. Might as well be speaking Dutch. So forgive me if there's anyone Dutch in the place. I take I use Dutch because the risk is low. <laughs> but we might as well be speaking another language sometimes. The, listen, the, the gospel never changes. The gospel is eternal. The gospel is always true. The gospel is always irrelevant. The problem is our packaging is how we present it. It is that we're not talking to people's hearts, to people's lives, to people's situations. We're not showing how Jesus can impact you in your Monday morning. We're not showing how Jesus can help you in your isolation, in your loneliness, in your confusion. We struggle to package it. And so when we're planting churches, we want them to be planted in a way that speaks the language that a community understands. Not using jargon or rhetoric, but, but embodying Christ in that community it's an opportunity to do something new and it's an opportunity for you to do something new I mean if we we look at the current state of the church of England uh realistically if we're going to plant 100 new churches we don't have the clergy to do that we won't uh, unless things dramatically change in the next 10 years the 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 trajectory at the minute of the church of England is decline We've got to face facts. It is decline, and, and there's probably nothing that's going to halt that decline. But what we can do is build a foundation of growth within that for the new thing to come through. Uh, but it's not going to mean uh, a whole load of new clergy, a whole load of new ordained people. Sorry, Rachel. It's lovely what you're doing. Though. <laughs> but it's, it's not, it doesn't mean that that's not the only answer. What it needs is every member of the body of Christ to take their place. Every member of the body of Christ to understand that you are a minister of the gospel. It is not the role of Matt to do all the ministry. Matt's primary role is to identify, equip and release you into the ministry that God has called you to do. 
To be an ambassador of Christ in your community. To be a leader in your workplace. To be a leader in your home on the school gates. To be a representative, an ambassador of Christ to a world that needs his love. And the only possible outcome of that is that we plant churches. <laughs> that there's new communities that come through the ministry that God has called you to do. Why not have dozens of planting churches New Christian communities come out of this place, out of this community, because as you step into the ministry that God has put on your life, and it doesn't have to be like this kind of nation-shaking, world-impacting thing. It can be, I know my street. I know my workplace. I know the needs. I know how Jesus can speak to that. I'm going to start to minister in that place. And I believe passionately that a church on every street wouldn't be too many churches. We could talk about, you know, there's a lot of church in this. No, no, listen, a church on every street wouldn't be too many. If there was a Christian community on every street that is representing Jesus, that is reaching out with the love and the compassion and the grace of God to that community, oh, that, that's, that's a dream. That would be awesome to see. But many of these are going to be lay led and we're going to, as a diocese, we want to help invest in that. And so in September, with, in partnership with Cranmer Hall, we're going to be starting lay leaders training where we can help identify and equip and release lay leaders, members of the church to step forward into the gifting you have to, to plant new Christian communities here, there and everywhere. But if it just as I finish in a, in a second, then maybe the, if anyone's got any questions, uh, it feels a... A little intimidating, but I'll take some questions. I promise I'll try and answer the best I can. But if you've got any questions, I'd love to take them. But maybe just to give a little sense of where my journey's been, is uh, I, I went to university uh, semi-backslidden. I believed in God, but I was compromised in my lifestyle. I, was, I, I had faith in Jesus. I had enough faith to know I needed to get into church. And so I got into church, but I wasn't a particularly good churchgoer. Uh, you know, I wasn't particularly regular. I wasn't particularly committed. And then until one day, um, some of the leaders in the church, they, they identified that and they said, look, let's, let's, we want to pray for you and, and we see potential in you. We see that you know, God wants to use you, but at the minute that you're living this compromised life and we'd love to pray for you. And so they prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love this scripture in Acts 1 verse 8. Because this is, this is what God started to do. And we can argue about, you know, we argue about what's the first signs of the Spirit and all that kind of thing. But here's what happens. It said in Acts verse, uh, 1 verse 8, it said, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. One of the first things that the Holy Spirit does in us is he causes us to witness to what he's done in us. That there's, when the Holy Spirit is alive in you, there is an overflow of words. <laughs> There's an overflow of activities, an overflow of actions that I cannot keep this in. I can't contain this. What God has done in my life, I, I can't. If the Holy Spirit is working in you, it, He has to find an outlet. He has to find a way out into the world around. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, what you know, what you're close to. But you're also going to be witnesses in Judea, Samaria, Sunderland, Hartlepool. Even north of the river, Newcastle, Morpeth, I don't know. And to the ends of the earth, Edinburgh, Middlesbrough, I don't know. What's, what's your ends of the earth? And this, this is, the, the, I remember we sang a song, if those of you who know, there's a Hillsong uh, song, it always sounds weird saying that, but it said, Jesus, I believe in you, and I would go to the ends of the earth for you. 
I remember singing that after I'd been praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit and God convicted me saying, do you really mean that? And at the time, I thought like to the ends of the earth meant like Mongolia or something like that. I just thought, well, that's about as far as I could imagine. But God started to, no, no, no. What, what, are the, what does the ends of the earth mean to you? What's the stretch for you? What's the step of faith? What's out of familiar? What's out of comfortable? What's out of what you know? So for me, I started serving coffee. <laughs> I was, I mean, you did not want to drink my coffee. And the coffee here was great, by the way, thank you. But the coffee I served was not good. More people left church because of my coffee serving than came to church. But, but I stepped out and I said, I'm going to commit here. I'm going to stay here. And, th- and that, to the end, uh, stepping out, I'm going to be a witness in this place. And then, and then God started to lead me and said, look, I'd love you to do schools work. And so I started doing schools work in Sheffield. And, and we started growing a schools team that reached out over 100 schools in Sheffield doing uh, Christian programs and inviting them into our youth program. Hundreds of kids come in and, and experiencing in the love of Jesus and that was me stepping to the to and maybe into Judea into Samaria something I wasn't familiar with uh, so I wasn't particularly involved I love my youth now my one youth don't ever grow up but I didn't I wasn't particularly into youth at that point teenagers scared me they smelled a little bit and I was but I wasn't into but God said no I'm pushing you into this area this is this is you being a witness to me and then eventually it was oh, look I'm gonna I'm gonna send you over even into Ghana and into what you're doing there. And even coming back here, this was a, a step for me going into something that I thought the Church of England was in my past, but there's something new that God wanted to do in this season. What's he asking you to move into? What, what's the stretch God wants you to make? What's the stepping out of familiarity? Stepping out of what's comfortable? Stepping out of what you know just because uh, it, it feels safe and it feels secure? And what's the, the stepping out of the boat? Stepping out onto the water where, actually, to be honest, if Jesus isn't there, I'm going to drown. <laughs> if Jesus isn't going to reach out and grab me, I'm, I, this thing's going the wrong way. <laughs> I'm going to drown here. But what, what's the step where Jesus says, look, I filled you with the power of the Holy Spirit in order to be a witness? What is the opportunity that's in front of you? Where might God be sending you? Because that, the, the God works in you personally in order to work in us corporately that what God speaks to you about will start to impact the church because you are part of the body you're an arm you're a leg you're an eye you're an ear you're a nose sorry if you're a nose but you, you, if you're a part of the body you have a role to play and so when you step into the ministry God is calling into you into we as a church step forward together the church only finds its fullness when every member of the body is moving forward in the power and the authority of God, what is your ends of the earth? And I loved it in Isaiah 1 verse 8. It says, God's looking around. He says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And then I said, here I am, send me. And it's a challenge to me because so often I've heard that call and said, I've heard God saying, who will I send? And I've sat there and I've said, oh, him. He's got a bit more gifting than me. He's better at speaking. He's a better leader. He's got more ministry, more opportunity. Uh, send, send them. But the challenge for each one of us is, oh, God, here I am. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, wherever you need to call me, even if it's to the ends of the earth, here I am, God, would you send me? Can we just pray for a moment? Father, I just thank you so much that we're called to journey. We're called to walk with you. 
God, we're called to transformation, to continually be transformed into the image of Christ. To, to reach out and to, to see that image of Christ being realized in other people as well. Father, we thank you that it's a huge mission that you're calling us to. It's a huge purpose. It's a huge sense of destiny and vision over each one of our lives. And so, Father, I pray that you would inspire us now. Father, when we hear that call, when we walk around our communities, we see the need. Again, a great song, would you break our heart for what breaks yours? Would we see as you see? Would we feel what you feel? God, give us your heart for the people around us. Give us your heart. God, that, that thing that excites us, that thing that frustrates us. Father God, it's your spirit working in us to say, would you be a witness in that world? Would you be a witness in that community, in that workplace, online, wherever you might find yourself? Would you be a witness to Christ? Father, when we hear that call, who will I send? Give us the faith to say, here I am. Not looking at who else can do this, God, but who, here I am. Would you send me? Would you use me? Whatever the risk, whatever the cost. Father, I want to be a witness to you. Would you use us as a church? Father, we thank you so much for the heritage of faith in this place, the heritage of, of sending out of sending those to, to reach and to revitalize and to build your church in, in every community we can possibly do so. And Father, we pray that you would quicken that process in the coming years. God, we pray you'd raise up leaders, pray you'd raise up men and women of God, even young men and teenagers who have a call to plant, have a call to build your church in their context. Father God, I pray that you would use this church as a, a beacon as an example to so many others, as it has been over the number of years, God, let it be again and again and again, just multiplying your goodness and your kindness in every community we impact and touch. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.